Hey guys, today we're on Romans chapter 15, and we've seen that uh, back in chapter 12, the book of Romans took a great leap from the individual to the corporate side of God's full salvation. That is, all that God does for us and in us individually in justifying, sanctifying, and ultimately glorifying us is not just for us. It is ultimately for something much bigger than us, that is, his body, the body of Christ, for his move and manifestation on this earth. So the goal of the gospel, what the gospel produces, is not just individual believers, but an interdependent body. So, so believers become members of Christ's body. And I would say this is a necessary critique to our Western culture of secular individualism and personal autonomy. We've got an old Frank Sinatra song that says, I did it my way. And the gospel confronts that logic and exposes the the hollowness and the shallowness and the lack of satisfaction it brings and says that we can be part of something much greater than ourselves and find satisfaction in our interrelatedness linked to God's glory. So a big test, obviously, to the body of Christ is people who are different from us. If you're stuck in a body with a lot of people who are radically different from you, it's hard to maintain unity. So in chapter 14 and 15, Paul is spending a lot of time to talk to us about how and why we need to receive Christians who are different from us. And in 15, he's continuing that discussion. And I want to think of this chapter in three words. Uh, bear, care, and share. That's right, bear, care, and share. Okay, so let's look at these. In verse 1 and 2, we've got uh, bear. Paul says, We who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those who are weak and not please ourselves. And let each of us please his neighbor with a view to what is good for building up. So Paul says that in receiving believers who are different from us, we should bear their weaknesses. So again, this is quite a critique to a philosophy of individualism. Not just should you bear with people, but you should actually pick up and bear their weaknesses so that there could be unity in Christ's body. Okay, how are we going to do this? In this section, Paul gives us... um, some things that will help us here. He shows us the pattern of Christ, the provision of God, and the power of the Spirit, and all that comes to us in the pages of Scripture, okay? So in verse 3, he talks about the pattern of Christ. He says that this is exactly what Christ did. Christ didn't please himself. He bore others' weaknesses. And he enlarges on this and says that Christ has joined together two radically different groups, the Jews and the Gentiles, and received both of them to the glory of God. And then Paul says, with that pattern of Christ in view, how he has served both people groups, Jews and Gentiles, and joined them in oneness to God's glory, he says that God will grant us to be of the same mind. That's in verse 5. So this is the provision of God. God provides us with all we need as a spiritual supply to live out the pattern of Christ. And the exact same mind Christ had in bearing others' weaknesses and not pleasing himself and joining uh, disparities, that exact mindset 
will be reproduced in believers through the provision of God. God's going to grant it to us. It's not going to be achieved by by us. It's going to be received by us by God's gracious granting. And, And Paul calls God here the God of endurance and encouragement. And when we are bearing with people who are different from us, those are the exact two things we need, endurance and encouragement. But then in verse 13, God's, Paul says that all of this will be real to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is not produced by the power of self-effort, but by the power of the Spirit in our spirit. Um, and then he says um, that all of this comes to us practically through the pages of Scripture. That's in verse 4. So it's when we read the Bible, when we immerse ourselves in Scripture that The pattern of Christ is made clear to us. The provision of God is received by us, and the power of the Spirit is filling us and operating in us. So this section on bearing one of those burdens is connected to something much greater than just kind of getting along together. Paul says the view, back in verse 2, the view is for building up the church. And the goal is the oneness of the believers for God's glory. So God is going to open up the riches of his being to reproduce the life of Christ in believers through the power of the Spirit for God's glory and the built-up church. It's awesome. Okay, let's look at the second point here on care. This is the next section. And in verse 20, Paul says that he has an aspiration. And also in 23, he has a desire to reach people. He says that he has a desire to announce the gospel. And Paul is doing this as um, what he calls in verse 16, a laboring priest of the gospel of God. So where do we get the where do we get the word care from? Well, we get it here from Paul's care for people's salvation and for Paul's care for God's satisfaction. Paul cared for people as a priest. What priests do in the Old Testament is that they care about people by restoring their broken relationship with God, by offering a sacrifice for them. But Paul is saying in the New Testament, we don't offer sacrifices like animals for people. We offer the people themselves to God. And so Paul is saying he cares so much about people's salvation that he's traveling the world and reaching people who have not been reached. In verse 21, he says, They will see, they to whom nothing has been announced. And those, will, those who have not heard will understand. So we too are priests of God and priests of the gospel. And we have people in our life that we care about. And we should care enough to bring them to an understanding of Christ, an understanding of the gospel, and restore that broken relationship with, with God by offering them to God for their salvation and for God's satisfaction. So here we see in Romans, after seeing everything that God has done for us in all the previous chapters, now we see what we should do for others. We should be priests of the gospel in our word and in our life, laboring to overcome that alienation in people's lives and offer them to God for their salvation and God's satisfaction. The last point in this chapter is on share. So this is in 26 and 27, and Paul is saying that he is taking a, con- a, finan- a financial contribution to poor Christians in Jerusalem. And 27, he shows us this fellowship of love. 
that the gospel produces. He says, the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual things, so they ought also to do service to them in material things. So there's a twofold sharing here. They've shared in the spiritual things, and now they're sharing out of love their material things. And this is a beautiful um, traffic and fellowship and communion within the church of both spiritual and material goods out of love so that no believer, no member of the body of Christ is lacking or is needy. And so in Romans 15, we've got these three simple words, bear, care, and share, but touching upon some of the most profoundest implications and uh, developments of what the gospel of God does. It produces a oneness in the body where it's built up for God's glory, where strong and weak are bearing each other's burdens, and it produces priests of the gospel who are going out caring for other people's salvation and God's satisfaction. And then out of that, there is a fellowship of love that exists in the body where um, all needs are met, all provisions and resources are shared, whether they're spiritual or material. This is the beautiful result and goal of the gospel, the body of Christ for God's glory. We'll see how it gets very real in the last chapter, Romans 16, with local churches and that fellowship being enlarged.